Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Charge Shots Gamecast. I'm your host Ben, aka the Marlos Iggy, and joining me is Justin. Say hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. Yes, you <laughs> puppet. And joining us is Tyler, Chief Godzillaologist. Tyler, welcome back, buddy. I have a question, Ben, concerning fighting games. Okay. How does Shermie see through all that hair? Like, her bangs completely cover her eyes. How does she see? And what is her secret? How does 2B see through her bandana? That's that's, that's my that's that's my answer to you. That's exactly my Fair. answer to you. She just does. She exists. Maybe it's Anyways, so far, like Daredevil. Probably. I have no idea who Shermie is. I'm not. I'm not that low. I'm not into the SNK side of fighting game stuff. I don't know their crazy lore or whatever. Everything. I just know Terry Bogart says, "Come on!" That's all I know. Um, and that um, Iori is an asshole. That's all I know. Anyways, we're at Charge Games Gamecast. We are a Gamecast dedicated to bringing up the news in gaming and the games we've been playing this week. So, let's kick it off right now. Justin, what have you... Where, where are you? Are you here? I don't know. It doesn't matter. What have you been playing this week? A lot of Ratchet and Clank. Uh, mm. <laughs> so, my saga continues. Um, I think... Had, had I started da, 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 going Commander da, da, da. last week... I, I think I I think I quit the first game and started going Commando. Like just started it last week. I'm pretty sure. Well, because I did that's that a bold day. approach, dude. I don't know if um, I could go Commando. I'm going Commando right now. Um, no, I didn't need to know that. <laughs> <no>. <laughs> hey, this is a podcast. You don't have to know what's underneath. And this. now he's going up your arsenal. Oh, it's tr- yeah, <laughs> it's true. I already went Commando. Now I'm uh, going. Yeah, that works. Now I'm going up your arsenal. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, I've been playing a lot more uh, Ratchet and Clank. Pretty much nothing else, honestly. Um, but I have just—I've been trying to blow through those games to share my thoughts and get the video out um, because I didn't really like. In hindsight, I didn't really think about the fact of like recording my thoughts on the games as I go means like the entire process is stretched out because normally I'd like be working at other videos and, you know, just record the stuff, make a script, whatever. Um, and then I just sit down, edit it and put it out, but I'm basically doing it in chunks where like, I'm kind of seeing what I have so far, cutting it down, seeing how long it is. And then, you know, doing the next game. So like I'm, I'm kind of live editing it. Uh, as I play, so that I know like how much mm. I can ramble. Um, because it's funny, I said up top, I was like, I wanted to do the the series as two separate videos with like the PS2 era and the PS3 era, uh, so that instead of like an hour long video, it'll be like maybe a half hour long video. It, it's probably going to be an hour long video on just the first three. <laughs> <laughs> Whoops! It'll probably pump the, the Persona video for by a long shot. I mean, yeah, but that's on one game. Like, that's 26 minutes on one game. Fair. So, if I do an hour on three, I think that's reasonable, at least. Um, but, yeah. I, 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 I have more thoughts than I th- thought I would. That works. Um, so, I don't really want to, like, touch on it too much. I, like, going Commando is infinitely better than the first game. Um... I do realize, like, how that, you know, how saying going commando sounds uh, out of context, but whatever. Hey, man, they did that shit on purpose. I know. Uh, the the ones that don't have pun names like that really bother me, actually. 
um like what is it the i don't remember was, there's one i wasn't have wasn't there one that uh, got axed because it was too lewd oh yeah there was that one i think that became a crack in time right uh, probably or no it was it was into the nexus because they had like a really a really inappropriate name i think and then they just settled into the nexus which doesn't that's what i was thinking of it doesn't it's not even like a pun or anything like it's what, not sexual enough right it's nothing unless i'm missing something because i'm the same person that didn't realize um that unless the, nexus is a euphemism for asshole then i don't know maybe but i like Back when uh, South Park the Fractured But Whole came out, I didn't realize that was a pun name. So, you know. It's South Park. That's a given. Yeah, but I didn't, like, I didn't say it correctly. Like, if you say the Fractured But Whole, like, yeah, you, you hear it. But I say the Fractured But Whole. So, like, it's kind of, it's not emphasizing the butt part, you know? You gotta emphasize the butt. Um, you always gotta emphasize the butt. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I don't I don't know what that title is supposed to be, but anyway, beside the fact, um, Going Commando is great. It's a little long. Um, like I did, I kind of gave up on getting everything, and it was still like 15, 15 hours or so to the credits. Um, and with a game like that, where it's just a lot of run and gun shooting, it gets a little old after a while. But um, I still really enjoyed it. I'll have more thoughts, you know, when the video is out. I don't want to harp on it too much, but. Um, me and Thomas also played a little bit more, uh, Outriders. <laughs> and I don't, I don't remember if this was in the last week, but we did do it again in the last week, uh, to get his dad to the mission. But there's a really cool boss fight against, like, a giant, like, spider boss in a volcano. Um, or at least there's, like, magma and stuff. I don't know if it's actually a volcano, but I think it is. And... It's a fairly traditional boss fight, but it has, like, three phases, and, um, you have to, like, break off the, like, the carapace on it to to expose weaknesses, to do, like, way more damage, and in the final form, he becomes, like, this, this giant, like, four-scanned penis, and, uh, and just kind of, like, like, wiggles around, like, in the middle of the volcano, and you have to, like, shoot at the, the weak spots up its shaft, and it's, it's really cool, it's, it's a cool boss fight. Um, and it like lets out little spiders throughout and yeah, I don't know. It's like a lot of these, you know, uh, looter shooter games kind of just have generic bullet sponge bosses, but I think this one actually has some really unique takes on that. They're more like puzzles, uh, with multiple phases and like, um, some actual like platforming kind of like dodge the, uh, you know, dodge the weapon fire type uh, like puzzle sections involved. It's really cool. Um, cool. And I did not talk about this last week because Tyler wasn't here, but a little while before, um, Tyler helped me build uh, a few decks in Yu-Gi-Oh, um, the mobile game, like the the Duel Links. Duel whatever. Links. Yeah. Um, and they're really cool. Like we had a lot of fun just kind of going through um, and like unlocking a bunch of decks uh, like he kind of he told me what would be good for me. I told him I wanted to basically just do a dragon deck because I love dragons, um, and so we did like a whole cool. like blue eyes white dragon deck that's like broken. <laughs> it's pretty busted. Everyone uses it, and we also threw in a cyber dark dragon just for funsies. Yeah, 
Yeah, so basically, like, anything you do, like, there's, like, five cards in there that you can just instantly summon a Blue Eyes. And then there's some that, like, can summon from your graveyard. Um, and then there's others that basically sacrifice a monster on the field or in your hand to the graveyard. Um, so all of those things combined means you basically always have a Blue Eyes on hand to summon. Nice. And then there's three Blue Eyes in the deck. So there's, like, always a Blue Eyes in reserve, even if you've already put yours in the graveyard. And, you know, it's, uh, yeah. Um, and then we made it's a... It's almost like Kaiba made this game or something. <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, and then we made a Red Eyes deck, too. But it wasn't as cool. It had some good stuff in it. But I definitely like the Blue Eyes one more. Um, <laughs> but as we were talking about it, like, I, I, it didn't really register me at first, I guess, that this is, like, kind of a like a fast take on the series. Um, like, your decks are capped at 30 cards but preferred to be 20 um there's only a three rows on the uh, on the field instead of like what is it five six something like that yeah there's five monster and spell and trap zones and there's also uh they also added an extra monster zone uh back in 2017 for like uh monsters that come from the extra deck is that is that those two like kind of up in the middle yeah, they're okay. uh, specifically made for Link monsters because uh, they had restricted uh, Fusion, Synchro, and Xyz uh, for uh, all for the Link monsters to put emphasis on those guys. But they later nerfed it uh, for last year, so you can just spam that shit all you want now. Gotcha. Okay, that's cool. Um, yeah. So anyway, we were talking about how like that's the fast version, and like it was cool. Like we dueled each other. You know, I won. It's whatever. Um, I had a crappy hand, so yeah, that's exactly. why I lost. <laughs> he helped me build my deck, so like he knew it was going to be too good. Um, but I went ahead and got the uh, the Legacy of the Duelist game, like the big like PC one. Um, nice. And I was kind of like I was just grinding through some of like the story stuff just to you know unlock cards and whatnot. But I got kind of bored of that part. Like I was playing the the original like Yu-Gi-Oh story, so it's stuff I know because I used to watch that cartoon. But the presentation on it is just bland. It's yeah, it kind of is. Uh, the thing that kills me the most is that there's no voice acting, right? And for uh, the brain the brain scenario, there is no story. Really? Yeah, since it was just like haphazardly added in in the 2020 expansion, mm. uh, where uh, they pretty much just. Uh, buffed all the old extra deck monsters again. Uh, they added in the story for Yu-Gi-Oh! of Reigns, quote-unquote, but there are no cutscenes or dialogue or anything. You just jump into the duels and that's it. Oh, yeah, that's dumb. But, like, it was kind of fun at first because I was using the actual, uh, like, story decks for the battles, and so it's like you're actually kind of, you know, reliving those battles. Like, if you remember them from the cartoon and stuff, you can actually, like, do those same things again. Like, the literal first duel, you're just trying to get Exodia in your hand, and that shit's dope. Yeah, it's really cool. But it kind of broke me when there was a, um... I was playing as Pegasus. And he has, a, like, a Ooh, whole tune deck. Hi, the boy. And I really hated his, his story deck. Like, it was so annoying dealing with the tune cards and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, because they have their own weird quirks and whatnot. You just so, gotta get rid of Tune World, bro. No, I was him, though. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. Fighting him was also really You gotta really protect annoying. Toon World, bro. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, like, I didn't really like his deck, so I, I just, I went ahead and, like, checked all my cards and built my own kind of, like, starter uh, starter deck, you know, using some of the knowledge that we'd 
that that you'd kind of taught me from uh from dual links and i made a pretty decent deck um with like you know 43 cards i think i went a little a little long with it but um and i started using that for the story missions but then it was kind of easy <laughs> because my yeah. cards were way better than anything they were throwing at me so it was like three round victories and it wasn't that exciting um and then i had the actual like uh championship fight against pegasus and he got his uh what is that thing called the the, the castle uh, thing. uh i believe it's relinquished yeah he got re- relinquished out which basically takes one of your cards and and makes the stats of relinquished those so every time i'd put something out he would take it um and i would oh, just wait until you get to the 5d story oh no <laughs> just don't su- just don't sink or summon during that you'll be fine okay but yeah so like i couldn't do anything um because i knew that if i destroyed whatever card he had like i didn't have anything stronger because he would take my strongest thing and so like basically what you have to do is use two cards against it so you destroy it with one and then the next one you can destroy relinqu- relinquished but he kept taking my strongest card so i couldn't destroy it um so I managed to get, like, four, like, defense monsters out there. Um, and I had kind of tricked Relinquished into taking, like, my really strong defense monster. So it was no one was attacking me. So, like, I just kind of built up my monsters and was able to uh, knock all his out. And then, what? But it was, it was, like, I think we were up to, like, 15-ish turns. And I was just so done. So I haven't really gone back to it since I beat that uh, that story mission. But um, that's also that was before yeah, man. you know Ratchet and Clank took over my life. Um, uh, we should probably like set up a thing where uh, you play through a story and I can probably like walk you through strategies or something. That'd be fun. Yeah, you probably voice act all the story segments. Yeah, it might make the story stuff more bearable. That's for sure. Yeah, just wait that. until we get to the Ori Calco stuff. I'll just pull out my dumb Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged impressions. <laughs> There's a Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged? I'd only I'd heard about the oh, Dragon yeah. Ball Abridged. Yeah, that's like the second. Yeah, that was the pro- that was a progenitor of that stuff. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't have the bridge series without that, that one. It's it's great. Huh. Uh, that's where the inf- you've probably heard the meme of "Screw the rules, I have money." That's where that comes from. Oh, okay. See, because like I I never watched the Dragon Ball Abridged stuff because I don't have any attachment to Dragon Ball. But I would That's watch fair. a Yu-Gi-Oh! Abridged. That sounds cool. That was fun. It's rough at the beginning, but it definitely gets better at around Season 2-ish. He finds his footing. Okay. Um, I think that's pretty much it, though. Like I said, it's been just a lot of Ratchet and Clank. And, I mean, I could talk about that more, but I'm already recording my reactions, so I've talked about it plenty. I don't, I don't really feel the need to. All right, Tyler, what have you been playing this week, buddy? Okay, so uh, Justin was just speaking about uh, classic mascot platformers earlier, and uh, I found one on sale on uh, PSN recently that's a bit more obscure than Ratchet & Clank. Uh, It's called Tie the Tasmanian Tiger, and uh, I actually have a bit of attachment with this one because... uh, Back when I first got the GameCube in 2003, I think, maybe 2002, uh, that was one of the games that uh, my mom got for me because 
you know, the game was named after me, so, Aww. you know, it made sense in her mind. And, uh, I f- and uh, back then, I found it was a pretty interesting platformer. I hadn't really played it since, never really got far because I sucked at video games back then. Uh, but yeah, I got this one on, uh, on my PS5 uh, on sa- because it was on sale. It's usually like 30 bucks, but I got it for like 20 And um, it's a pretty solid 3D platformer. Like, uh, the game I would probably compare this one to the most would probably be Banjo-Kazooie. Except if Banjo-Kazooie wasn't from Britain and uh, from Australia. Because that's the whole backdrop of this game. Like, he plays a Tasmanian tiger named Ty. And uh, he attacks uh, things with boomerangs. Uh, You start with one at at the beginning, but when you beat the tutorial level, he gains another one. And you can throw up to two boomerangs at once. Sick. And uh, they, and uh, they actually track pretty well. Like you don't have to aim with it. There isn't. There is an aiming reticle that uh, you can hold down to uh, throw things more accurately. But uh, if you're dealing with like uh, the uh, chump enemies, which are pretty much just uh, giant walking lizards, you can just uh, throw your boomerang without uh, thinking, and it would just bop them. Uh, he also has a short-range bite attack, which uh, has a bit of startup unless uh, you mash it when uh, you're near like multiple targets. And uh, yeah, uh, the basic collectibles in this game, because this is a collectathon, a la Banjo Kazooie or uh, Donkey Kong 64 or games like that. Um, yeah, your main collectibles are uh, Thunder Eggs, which are pretty used, to, which are pretty much uh, the jiggies of this game. And those are used uh, to uh, get the five MacGuffin items, which are used to uh, unlock boss fights. Uh, I've already completed the first world, which uh, consisted of uh, three or four levels. I don't think I counted tutorial level. Uh, so you basically like do like these uh, little bitty missions, find thunder eggs or uh, opals, to, which are your other main collectibles, which are pretty much the musical notes from Banjo-Kazooie. Uh, and once you collect enough Thunder Eggs, uh, it gives, it gains you access to a boss fight. I've only gotten to, like, the first one so far, because I've only played this for, like, a little bit. So, uh, the one weird thing I found about this, uh, boss fight system is that if you die in it, uh, if you did damage to the boss, uh, earlier in the fight, it still acts as if, uh... They were still. They still took the damage, so you can just die and respawn as if nothing happened. Nice. So uh, that's like the opposite yeah. of Ratchet and Clank. That makes you not only redo the boss, but go back like five miles of progress. <laughs> so yeah, despite despite being an Australian main game, this is probably one of the easier platformers I played. Uh, but that's yet to be seen. I've only cleared the first world so far. Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much all I've been playing aside from like uh, Duel Links and Legacy of the Duel Duelist, which I also got on PC recently, just so uh, I can duel Justin one of these days. So uh, yeah, that's I thought you already had it for me. I had it for uh, Switch and PS4, but uh, uh, okay. I just got it for PC so I can duel you. I forgot it was a console thing. Honestly, I just defaulted to PC because that was the way I could find the cheapest code. Yeah, I usually uh, play it on my Switch uh, when I'm uh, on break at work. That makes sense. Is it, like, cross-save or anything? It does not. Oh, that's annoying. 
like I don't mind playing through all the duels and stuff, even if I'm uh, not limited to the personal decks that I made in there. Uh, I could still have fun with uh, breaking things with Exodia or, mm-hmm. God forbid, any of the early Dark Magician stuff. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, thank you, Tyler, for that. All right, so uh, I I can I think I can please report. No Monster Hunter this week. I broke my addiction. Uh, so, yeah, I do want to play it more, but right now, where the game's at, I kind of need a party to play, so it's just been hard to do that. You know. But besides that, I only really played two games this week. I had an extended weekend because of uh, a family function that got canceled, so I was able to just chill Saturday and Sunday. And so that led me to pretty much dive fully into, uh, first off, Narita Boy. Uh, this is a newly released indie game. Uh, it's on Xbox Game Pass. It's also on Switch. Uh, if it's like 25 bucks, so not that expensive, but Narita Boy, now that I've beaten it, I beat it this morning, like around 12 o'clock, um, 11, 12 o'clock, this game is an experience, um, it's basically about this program guy who is basically being seduced by this evil th- being called him, and pretty much the digital kingdom that he's created is under threat. So you're kind of like a you, like Narita Boy is a program that was created to st- stop him. So he's like a knight. He's like a superhero. Uh, and so um, base and so throughout the journey, you have to basically reawaken the creator, your, the creator, your dad, Narita Boy, and you find out later why he's called Narita Boy in the origins. I'll kind of go into that in a minute. Basically, you have to revive his memories by playing through the game and awaken past thoughts of him to like, oh, okay, I know how to shut down because. The Rita Boy can only slow down him um, versus the creator is the one who can actually put the kibosh. Uh, and this is basically like science, like high sci-fi fantasy where like it's all very much like there's a lot of like like uh, medieval kind of stuff imagery with like knight, like swords and helmets and horses. Uh, but like, like just color everywhere. Just like what if we let Daft Punk... Make a video game and let them allow do like <laughs> like medieval like type setting without making many look medieval. Um, that's all. That's what it is. I will say this: if you're kind of if you photosensitive, you probably won't want to play this game because it's a lot of flashing lights. Um, so unfortunately, I have to put that to, I have to put that disclaimer that may prevent you from playing the game. And I don't think there's a way to turn it off. Um, so you, the goal of Narita Boy is to basically. Uh, unify the, the 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 these these three houses red yellow and and um, red blue um, red blue and yellow uh, the three houses the the tri fire on the three houses the, the trichoma as they're called and you use the trichoma sword which is a three blade it's it's a blade with those three colors on it and pretty much it's like a standard action game um, you have you can attack. Uh, you eventually get a dodge, you get a shoulder bash, you get an uppercut, you get a down slash. It's pretty standard stuff, uh, but the way it's presented is feels pretty unique. Um, the stuff that's really, really fun, though, is uh, during certain sections of the game, it'll, like, in, in, it kind of follows a formula, so it's, it's a bit, like, okay, I know where this is at. By, by the time I got to the second, the blue house, um, I knew what I was getting into. Um, but it was fun. It was a cool formula. So, like, in the, in the yellow house is the first one you go to. Uh, you have to rescue, you have to re- open up, uh, gain access to the Royal Steeds so you can travel the Great Desert Simulation. And there's like all sorts of like program words and stuff like that, but it never feels like, I understood what they were talking about in context, so it never feels like I'm lost. Like, okay, you're talking about a desert, you're talking about this, I never feel lost. So like they managed to weave in like 
computer dialogue and, and stuff like that, but with like easy to stuff to know and, and understand, and given the context of it all. Um, but like you get a horse and you basically you're on like this cool robotic horse program as it's called, and you ride through this desert all cool. There's another one, and when you get to the blue moon, when you get to the blue area, it's all water. And one of the cool things is, um, uh, not cool things, but rather one of the things is you can't go in water. Water unfortunately damages you permanently. And you meet this NPC, and he's like, "Hey, man, and uh, only uh, people attuned to the blue code, programs attuned to the blue code, can uh, touch water. Even this puddle, this like four inch deep puddle, that's gonna hurt you. It's gonna kill you." I'm like, "All right, let me try." And sure enough, the puddle kills you. You can't even step in the puddle. But so that's that's it's it's a minor thing. But uh, as I played along, eventually, as I unlocked it more, unlocked more things in that level. Uh, I got a surfboard that wasn't a floppy disk, and it's it's super cool. Like it's it's just like ah, it's awesome. Uh, and eventually, you even get a giant robot that you get to pilot towards the end of the game, and just punch the shit out of these uh, enlarged enemies that you get. I will say the enemy variety in this game is it, at a certain point. It's not a long game, maybe about 10, 10 12 hours. Um, it's not a super long game. Uh, but the enemy ride is very unique, very like hellish inspired, very creepy. There's even one enemy that's like a summoner class that like is on a crucifix. It's very unsettling. Um, it's meant to be creepy. Uh, but honestly, what kind of pushed me forward, and as much as cool as the imagery is and all that stuff, what really pushed me forward was uh, the the creator's memories you're trying to unlock. And you basically see this is I'm going to spoil it here, but because you kind of see it coming. But you kind of see him start up as a boy, his earliest memories of his dad. You see, aw, oh, kitties on the stream. Um, cat! He, she wants to get away. She wanna be. Yeah, she wants to get away. She wanted up here. Um, nope, not, not, she wants, she wanted there, not there. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, like, you, you see his earliest memories of his mom. He is half American, uh, half Japanese. Uh, unfortunately, at some point, his mom just passes out in the kitchen. Um, like, you see her just, like, uh, like, uh, like, just in the sprite form, just like dazed out. He doesn't know what's going on. Uh, eventually, she passes away. Uh, so he moves him and his father move into like apartment in Japan until his, eventually his father just says, "All right, I'm gonna leave you. I can't look at you anymore. You remind me too much of my of my of of my wife, your mother." And he leaves, and he has to stay with his grandparents, who his grandparents are with him the entire time. Um, and sort of, you see him grow from this little boy and you, and he starts to like formulate in his head. Cause how do kids deal with trauma? They, they go to stories. So he starts formulating in his head, the digital kingdom, the trachoma, the red, blue and, and yellow clans. And what does it all mean? And eventually you see him get as an adult and he leaves his, he leaves his home and you see him become like, he actually becomes a cult leader at one point because he's been seduced by him. Like the, him has somehow, like infiltrated his mind in the real world. It's really weird on how it how it stands, but it's it's he basically uh, ruins his life. He gets remarried, but because he's become a cult leader, his wife and kid his wife leaves and takes his kid. He goes to jail. Like you see his life go all the way around. Um, but the ending of it and like how he kind of gets his redemption is what really sold it for me. Um, but it's it's honestly a cool game, and I was worried initially that. Uh, I was going to get lost because it, it kind of has, like, everything kind of looks similar to where the point, like, if you don't play it enough, you might get lost. But I found that, number one, the areas aren't long, and they're not big enough to know, like, oh, okay, I, it's not a Metroidvania, so you don't have to worry about getting lost. But the areas are big, are not that big to the point where 
you can um, you're gonna okay. I went here. This didn't work. Let me go here now. It pretty much worked like that. And you're gonna know what to do. Um, the, I think the game does a pretty good job of basically pushing you to a focal point. Um, like for instance, the blue area. Uh, I I didn't even know where to go. It doesn't tell you where to go. So I just went here to the like. You can either go left or right. And I went right, and that was the right direction. If I went left, it would have just taken me to the end screen. Like, this is where you're supposed to go. So, I'll okay, so I was right to go the other way. Um, I honestly would recommend anybody check it out. It's it, it, Unfortunately, I will say without spoiling it too much, it does end on a cliffhanger. And unfortunately, this game is not... I guess I don't know if people have played it to the point. I don't know if that means I didn't get everything, but it doesn't seem outside of the creator's memories... There are a lot of collectibles, so I don't know if that means like, wait, did I miss a true ending, or do they have a sequel in mind? But it ends on a to be continued screen, um, so it's like, like, but it was it was so cool. Like I, I fought a boss. Like the bosses are really fun. They're they're kind of hard, but like they're very pattern recognition. So like once you once I got that pattern locked down for the bosses, it was pretty much all right. Let's fucking go. I got you now. Um, even the final boss is a little hard, and I still got it. But there's some cool moves. They do some really cool, unique things with it. Um, it's a very unique game. Uh, but uh, I recommend everybody try it. Uh, again, it's free on Game Pass. Probably, I think both PC and and console. And again, if you want to buy it on Switch, which I'll probably buy it on Switch um, at some point when it's cheap enough, just to have it because it's just one of those. It's like it, to me, it's another indie gem to add to my collection. It's and I feel like it's not getting talked about enough when it really should in terms of what visually it's presenting and its, it's uniqueness. Uh, with with because uh, you don't really get a lot of games that are like in in like a digital world and surrounding this uh, creator stuff. It's really interesting. Um, the only other game I played this week was uh, Bravery Default Two. I took this opportunity with the long weekend that I had. So like, all right, I need to make a push into this game because I came to the kind of recollection that this game. I don't think it's a bad game. I don't think it's a bad game at all. I think it's a perfectly fine game even with the slight mechanic changes. Um, I do think like there's some visual stuff and technical stuff they definitely could have ironed out um maybe with another delay but you know we're past that point now obviously uh or maybe they couldn't they just said all right fuck it just ship it because uh, i swear to god i think this game's gonna crash every single fucking time when it freezes ship it um <laughs> yeah pretty much i, I swear to god I feel, I feel like certain certain points when it freezes there are points where this game will freeze and i swear to god it's gonna crash but it never crashes it never crashed on me um but i did push a good decent amount of the game <clears throat> I beat um, the second chapter, uh, which got me the new painter class or pictomancer in the game, and it was it's all right. Like it's pretty much another debuff buff class, uh, more so for the enemy than your. I guess it's a debuff, more a debuff class, not necessarily a buff class. Um, but it's cool. The, the costumes kind of disappointing. It's just you're in overalls with like a fancy hat. The girls have the better costumes, but. It, but once I got it to like level ten, level nine, level ten, then I unlocked an ability, the, the ability to use a dark magic, a dark piece of magic, and a light piece of magic. So that immediately became way more useful. Um, but at this point, I'm in the new, I'm in the frozen area, so it's, I'm in the cold setting. This is my favorite set of the game, and this is where I'm starting to like, okay, I'm feeling that bravery default magic a bit. I'm feeling it, and it gets really fucked up. You go into this town, and it's the biggest town you're in so far. And all of a sudden, you're at a, you're at a fucking uh, witch trial where this woman is being charged uh, for being a fairy. And the second I fucking heard fairy and bravery default, I'm like, oh hell no, hell fucking no! I did this last time. I'm not going through it again. I can't report on the fairy thing yet. But basically, these people, this church that they pray to this dragon, uh, they are um, they are basically 
saying that people are fairies and fairies are the enemies of the dragon. So they are basically throwing them over this cliff into this river as judgment. And if you are not a fairy, the god of dragons uh, will save you and you will be redeemed. If you don't come out, um, then if you just perish down there because you can't reveal yourself to be a fairy, you did not, you are a fairy or you were not worthy of the, uh, of, of saving. So it's like really fucked up. It's getting closer to what the first game was, which sort of it tackles like really fucked up shit versus the first two are kind of like not as much, you know, like, Oh, okay. There's a flooded city. It's not that necessarily that great. You killed your brother or whatever. Or, um, you know, like it's a little, but this is the most fucked up so far. Um, I just, before the stream started, actually, uh, I just unlocked the Dragoon class. So, uh, that was missing in Bravely, uh, Bravely Second. Uh, so I'm glad it's, uh, it's back here and it's just as good as it was. Um, I thought I unlocked the Chemist class before, uh, after that. Because I did another side quest where you literally go in this side, this dude's dream to basically wake him up and you get a boss fight in there. And I thought it was the Chemist class because he was using, like, salves. Or he was called the Salve Maker. Um... And it's not the same one. If it is the same, if it's the same name, they fucking nerfed it to hell. Because for those of you who don't remember or didn't play very default the first one, the Salve Maker class, Chemist class, whatever you want to call it, was fucking broken in the first game. Like you could make enemies like four times weak to something. You could add weaknesses to them it was busted best class in the fucking game and i use this is coming from somebody who doesn't like to optimize shit uh but so i got excited and i saw the abilities i'm like oh you're nothing like the first one god damn it maybe there is another chemist class maybe it's a different class i don't know but because i thought i saw another evil character like oh okay he's clearly the chemist class but then i got this i'm like okay what does that mean um, so far, uh, but I'm still... Or maybe it was too broken, so they made something else. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, I was just say I was looking forward to... Because the chemist class was not in Bravely Second. Um, so I was kind of hoping for it to return, but I don't know. It's, it's fine. Um, I will say, having played almost 50 hours into it now, I'm really glad they seemingly have made it easier to master jobs. Because I never, with the exception of like one or two... I never mastered jobs in the first two games. I got a, I got my skills up to like maybe the, like third, like ten, like three levels before you master it. Because at that point, it just becomes too grindy. But like already into the third chapter of the game, I have mastered for certain characters uh, like at least four or five classes, which is nice. Um, uh, and so like pr- pretty much sometimes it's like deciding okay, what what works for this works for this. I will say the dragoon has a really good ability. It's at level six, so like if you get enough like large JP orbs uh, from doing the sailing stuff, it gives you an ability that after if you get afflicted with a status ailment, after two turns you'll heal yourself fully and cure yourself of the of the status ailment, and that's the skill anybody can use if you level them up for it. So that's pretty much what I'm doing. Wow. Yeah, it's really great. Um, um. So yeah, right now I have the Pictomancer. Uh, a red mage, because I'm just trying to level it up, master it. Because uh, red mage is really not a good main class. I don't think it's ever supposed to be a good main class. It's just always been a support. So, um, <laughs> uh, the dragoon, I have that mixed with the black mage, which is kind of unique. But I thought, hey, why not give a dragoon who can use black magic? Why the fuck not, right? Um, 
And then uh, the other one, I'm working on the Ranger. The Ranger class, I'm really happy that it's much better than it was in the first game. Because after a while, the, the Ranger class in the first one was initially good to start with. But after a while, it kind of just lost its, like, its power, its bite. It just wasn't hitting anymore. And that might still happen later on. But I think I'm using the Ranger class more here than I did in the first game. Um you know, so especially since they gave it some, like they took away some stupid like type element, like types that you could you could fight against. So uh, I'm almost mastering that. I'm like one level away from mastering that too. So, uh, so so like I'm, but I'm still waiting for the what's the fucking twist? That's what I'm waiting for at this point. Like what's there was there's been two like there, there has to be a tradition in this game um, at this point now that you've done it in two other games. So that's what I'm waiting for, and I wanted I hope it blows my socks off because. The twist is there is no twist. I, I really hope that's it's not, an M Night Shyamalan twist. I really hope that's not the case because, like as I said, even though I'm enjoying my time with it, this game just doesn't have the magic that the first one had. I don't know if it's the characters, the classes, the story. Like it just isn't hitting the same. Maybe way. it's you. I mean, you maybe, know? but like, like I, you're in a different place. I, it could be, but like I'm. It's not like like I said. I don't think the game's bad. I'm still enjoying with it. I wouldn't be playing it as much as I am if I didn't like it. But, like, I don't know. Um, like, again, I don't hate the game, but so far, like, like within the first, I want to say, 10 hours, like, okay, I that's it. I know what I'm doing. These are the villains. These are my heroes. I like, I, I don't know. Maybe it just, maybe the, ca- the cast kind of is doing it for me individually, but as a unit, they're not doing it for me versus, like, in the first game, like, okay, as a unit, this is our team. Let's go. I like them individually. I don't necessarily like them as a team. Um... The princess character is kind of just like so, too stoic. Uh, the main character might as well be a mute because he just kind of just compute, contributes the obvious. Um, Elvis is the best character in the game just because he's like, "Oi, Lati, let's go," you know, stuff like that. And, he seems cool. Yeah, he's the best character um, and the most unique. And then her, his partner Adele, like she's also pretty fun. But so yeah, I'm still going through the motions at this point. I I want to I want to feel the magic that I felt with the first game. Uh, in honesty, and I kept thinking about it, like, man, I wonder if this is what Final Fantasy fans felt like when, like, they played that first one of theirs, and then they played the sequel, and it just wasn't hitting right. I wonder if that's what I'm going through right now, um, which is possible. Um, I still tell no Final Fantasy just isn't as good anymore. Well, I'm, I'm talking about like back in the day, like, like you play Final yeah, Fantasy yeah, yeah. Two, two for us, and then okay, but then you played three, and like, oh, this isn't, this is not the same game I fell in love with, you know. Um, I mean, it's better. So. Well, for yeah, some, I was for, say, well, for some people, it's a bad like, example. Well, I mean, for some people, how about like, seven to eight? <laughs> well, I mean, for some people, I know they like four and six, or maybe like ten to ten too. For some Oof. people, that was their first. You always love your first. So when you play something different, it's it's that's has a little bit different systems, maybe different characters. That don't you don't mesh with as well. That's probably what some people felt from going from two to three. They're just like, I'm going for this one, this one. That's what I'm saying. I'm not talking about the quality of the games. I'm just talking about the quality of how people may have felt at the time. Um, I could be wrong, but that's just me putting, like, just using examples I can get. So, um, yeah, I'm still going to play through it. I'll probably report back. I'm going to try to push through more. Uh, I'm still taking my time with it. Like, I've been, like, kind of grinding through areas, but I'm just pretty much fighting everything I can. Um, stuff like that. Again, still love the Beastmaster class. That that class is so super dope. Just, I just wish you could see somewhere on the menu what you captured versus like having to do it in battle. Like that's the only complaint that I have about the Beastmaster class. Um, 
but other than that, that's all I've played. Um, so yeah, I no bitching about Brave Default Two, but if I if if the twist happens, and I'm not happy with it. You'll hear about it for sure. Uh, all right, guys, let's we're gonna go take a commercial break for just a moment, and then when we come back, we're gonna talk about some news and then our original character fatalities. Stay tuned. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the uh, Charizard Gamecast. It is now time for the news segment. News time. News time. All right. So <laughs> we're going to kick it off this time. We're going to head to the house of Persona 5. As uh, it seems like we're getting a Persona 5 game on mobile. Uh, Justin, um, since you are the Persona 5 master here on this podcast, you want to go into this a little bit? Um, I guess Tyler's just chopped liver, but sure. <laughs> well, he's uh, better explaining stuff than I am, so... Well, I don't totally know what this is, I'll admit. Um, the trailer for it is basically nothing. For one, it's in this really weird, like, widescreen aspect, like, really, like, ultra-widescreen aspect ratio, so I couldn't really see it very well. Um, and it was all in Japanese, so I'm kind of just going off of, like... Uh, the descriptions in this article as far as what it is so hopefully it's right but it is a game called codename x um and at first it just kind of looked like a like the art style of persona 5 but i mean that's you know multiple games use that same kind of like stylized anime art style um but there's code like hidden in the uh the trailer and stuff that translates to Persona 5X. Um, and then the developers, Perfect World Games, also confirmed that the the game is based on the Persona series. Uh, so it hmm. looks like it has original characters, but it's using kind of that world. Like, the trailer shows, like, uh, Shibuya um, 505 or whatever. Uh, the, the town yeah. square from Persona 5. Um so codename x follows the tone of the original game and uses next generation technology to enhance the original renders and create a realistic japanese metropolis um oh it's everything's in chinese but i i think i said japanese but i meant chinese um because shibuya is in japan but perfect world is a chinese company it's weird um but yeah there's not a lot of information uh, I'm kind of I'm showing off a little bit of that the weird like ultra widescreen uh, trailer. I don't know why they did it like this, but um, yeah, there's really no information. But it's a basically a Persona mobile game. Like it sounds like it's going to be like a full RPG on mobile, which seems really cool. Uh, there's definitely a focus on hacking and like the um, kind of the living inside the computer type stuff. So I'm guessing like. Persona 5 had the jails, or sorry, the, um, crap, what were they the called? The palaces. Palaces, thank you. Um, that were, like, inside a mobile app. And then Persona 5 Strikers had jails, which were, like, uh, there were entire cities, and they were still in a mobile app, but they were a different mobile app. <laughs> um, more of, like, an artificial AI type thing. And so I wouldn't be surprised if this is more of that, like, you know, virtual world type stuff, like infiltrating, um, 
people's phones for, I don't know. Just go into people's brains using the power of the internet. Basically. Like, I bet hacking will probably be the way you get in, and then it's like, I don't know. Uh, cleaning out their their naughty search history. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Just fight all of the devious porn searches. Exactly. Uh, just just Maras everywhere. <laughs> oh god, there's so many Maras. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know Persona 5, or Persona, I guess, in general, I think it's older than that. Mara is the, the giant penis chariot monster uh, that you've probably seen pictures of. Oh, God. <laughs> um, oh, Japan. Yeah, we don't know much, but I'm, I'm definitely curious to know more. I don't really know what Perfect World Games has worked on, either. I hope they're not one of those like trash companies that just churns out the same game with a different license on it. Uh, it most likely might be the case. I mean, they're Chinese, so I guess it's a lot of MMOs. Like anime MMOs. Yeah, like all those ads that you see on like uh, YouTube ads or something. Yeah. Uh, because China loves their um, their anime MMOs. I don't know why, but... <laughs> yeah, that's all. All right. I'm going to look up Perfect World. Okay, anything else to say on this, Tyler? you excited for this? Whatever it is. Um, I think I might give it a shot. I like Persona 5 enough. Um, that said, I haven't really uh, been playing Strikers a lot. I played a bit of it, but I completely forgot about it up until now. Same, actually. Uh, but, uh, yeah, if it's a mobile game, uh, that has the actual Persona 5 thing, then, yeah, I'll definitely give it a shot. I doubt it'll be as good as, like, the main games. I mean, that's a given for mobile games, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give it a fair shot. All right. Speaking of give- yeah, they are basically known for MMORPGs um, okay. over the last fifteen years. Okay. Yeah, that sounds about right. So, speaking of MMOs, uh, the Pokemon esque MMO Temtem is getting a brand new area to explore. This is courtesy of IGN, um, as revealed in the place Egan. Uh, Egan? Yes, Doctor Egan. Um, as revealed in the, uh, he's, Dr. Egan talks like this, and he's very astounded because he went to Oxford Yard, and he's, he, Egan and he may, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, anyways, that's a new character I'm working on. Um, as revealed mm-hmm. in the PlayStation blog post, uh, Sin, Sipanku, Sipanku, Sipanku okay, uh, Island is the next major location in the, uh, Temtem, is home to new electric and digital Temtems? Huh. Um. Yeah, it's a new type. Digital Thames are a, Digimon. What? Digital Thames are a rare uh, human-made variant of cutesy collectible critters that are strong against mental melee and other. Oh, these types are fucking me up. And other digital types, but weak <laughs> to water, electric, and digital. They also offer resistance when facing against toxic Thames. Uh, Thames developer Crema Games recommended having a team level up to at least level fifty before you tackle Simpaku Island. Uh, the Simpaku Island update will also introduce the game's first mythical Temtem and means to catch them. Groups of three to five players will be able to take part in layers, replayable, randomly generated dungeons with shared resources with others. Uh, wow, it's a fucking raid. Uh, where players must build their 10 yeah. teams and manage their kit as they progress. Successful players will be in, in a chance to... Uh, w- Successful play- players will be with, with the chance of capturing the mythical Tem. No name is given. Um, today, the update will also implement activity cards for all in-game quests, as well as fast travel. Wow, I didn't have fast travel beforehand, really. 
Uh, a much requested feature that will allow players to hop between different hotspots in the airborne archipelago for an, an in-game fee. Really? Come on, guys. Uh, Temtem launched an early access on PC back in January 2020 and made its console debut on PS5 in December 2020. All right, uh, Justin, you I know you and our good friend Lo were into this game, uh, but are you... I haven't heard you talk about it, but what do you think about this update? Um... The main thing, like, I I honestly, I tried to go back to it after the last big update, and I'm stuck on a, uh, like, a gen leader right now, and it's super hard, and, like, there hasn't really been any, like, other content that allows me to grind, so I'm just, like, going against random wild Temtem, um, like, slowly, you know, raising my team up, like, it, I, I want more of this kind of, I mean, obviously I'm not level 50, but I want more of this kind of content where it's like randomly generated and, and replayable so I can just grind that stuff out to raise my party's level. Um, but right now, like, there's nothing really I can do to, like, get strong enough to take on this gym leader. So I kind of gave up for a while. Um, but, like, the thing I'm most excited about here is the, the basically the raids, the layers. Because uh, that's really cool. Like, it's the first real MMO thing that they're adding. Because, uh, I mean, like, when you play the game, other people are running around. But it's very passive. Like, um, you can't really party up and battle or anything like that. I don't think they even have PvP implemented yet. Um, so this is a really cool, like, party system thing that I definitely want to check out. But... Apparently, I need to get to level 50 first, so... <laughs> I was kind of hoping they would introduce some new stuff, like, in the areas they've already released. But it seems like those areas are content complete, and they're just, you know, adding new stuff into the new areas, which is kind of a bummer, but... Um, Digital Tim Tim are Tim's, I guess. I thought they were called Tim Tim's, but whatever. Digital Tim's are interesting. Uh, they kind of remind me of, like, dragons... Um, because they're weak against themselves and also strong against themselves. Um, but the designs they've shown so far for them haven't been that interesting. And we've only seen like three Mm. and one I think is an evolution of one of them. So there's like basically two like different species of digital Tims. Um, I'm hoping they have more. I haven't actually looked to see like what the new mythical one is or anything like that. Um, so maybe they've announced more digitals. I don't know. But yeah, so far the main thing I've struggled with in the game is the variety of available Tims in the game. Um, because like I said, my, my team's kind of stuck where like I can't get them stronger and the team I have like is pretty weak against the, the gym I'm on. Or the do I think they're called dojos, but whatever. Team um, idea. So like... Because I can't leave the island I'm on until I complete the the dojo, I'm just kind of stuck. Um, so I want to see a lot of the new stuff. I just I need to get past that. Um, but yeah, it's it's great that they're sticking with the um, at least the updated uh, law roadmap for the game because they struggled a little bit at the beginning of the year and stuff. Uh, but they said they would you know they would catch up. And they weren't going to promise content on any schedule anymore, but, you know, 
they'd be trickling it out. Um, and this is the big update that everyone was waiting for back, like, I think October, November last year. And it's finally coming out, so it's a pretty big deal. Alright, uh, I don't play this game, but I'm, I hope you enjoy the content. Tyler, do you have any interest in picking up Tintin? Uh, I might give it a shot, but uh, every time I hear the word Tintin, I just think of uh, the Temi monster from Undertale. Nice. I no idea what you're talking about because I never made it that far. Okay, so speaking I've of... I've never played it. You'd, you'd enjoy All it. Alright, so let's move on into a crossover that either you saw coming or you didn't see coming. Uh, Street Fighter. No one saw this coming. Uh, I did, because uh, they've been hinting that the, the social media has been hinting at it strongly. Anyways, uh, mm. coming this May, uh, Street Fighter Five. Street Fighter will cross over with Power Rangers Battle for the Grid as Ryu and Chun Li become uh, Rangers in the upcoming DLC. With Ryu being transformed into the Crimson Hawk Ranger, and uh, Chun Li will be the Blue Phoenix Ranger, respectively. Now, I say this has been coming, uh, respectively, because. Uh, number one, there is a mobile game called Power Rangers Legacy Wars, where that's where these costumes first debuted, and sort of once that happened, like, and this was way before Battle of the Grid, I think it's, it uses the same engine, I might even, I don't know if it's the same team, but I know it uses uh, the same, like, assets, at least. Um, back in December, or J- November, December of last year, they were kind of hinting uh, about, like, well, like, Scorpina had, is, is out, it must have been December, because Scorpina didn't come out until December. Uh, like, well, what should we do next, and sort of, like, kind of filtering out like would you guys like to see a crossover you know with it and of course everybody pointed to ryu and chun li uh there and so yeah they're going to be coming out on for everything because this game is available everywhere uh on may 25th with a price of 12 dollars and 50 cents uh right now the trailer uh i don't know if you're going to play the trailer or not justin but um i am okay cool uh so the trailer right now <laughs> is only for ryu there is no chun li trailer yet uh there's a tease for her at the end Man, Battle of the Grid, like, I haven't played this game in a while, but when I did, Battle of the Grid is one of the most fun fighting games I've ever played, possibly. And, number one, I love Ryu's yeah. uh, design. Um, he looks so much fun to play. Uh, there's a point where you can see him do his uh, his shoulder breaker, and it fucking combos off and off the ground, or an OTG. Uh, his fireball actually is a hawk, which is a nice little touch. Uh, my personal favorite is when the uh, the Muay Ranger, he does his assist call and Ryu fucking Tatsus over it and then hits him with the Tatsu. That was super cool. But Ryu just looks fun. Like, you know, it's like Ryu obviously is a lot better in Street Fighter V now. And to see him just be absolutely busted uh, in this, it's seemingly he's wave dashing uh, in this, which is it's super nuts. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go ham. With this character when he comes out, similar which uh, similar same thing with Chun Li, um, yeah. And again, this uh, for those who don't know, because uh, I know I've talked about it before, but just to kind of bring it up in case we get anybody new, uh, this is a lot of the development team had like who are like not all of it, but some people on development were like old school Marvel two, Marvel three players, so they they know how this craziness works, uh, so you can tell. So yeah. I never thought I would see it, but both Ryu and Chun-Li are going to be in a Power Rangers uh, 3v3 tag game. Um, again, there is a teaser for Chun-Li doing the spinning bird kick. Uh, so, And Chun-Li has always been historically crazier than Ryu in these games. So if Ryu was this crazy, I can't wait to see what Chun is going to be like, especially since she's my girl. Uh, Tyler, you are all the, you're our other fighting game player. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, this is a really sick uh, crossover. I mean, Ryu and Chun-Li are pretty much the king and queen of uh, crossover games at this point. Like, they've been in every single uh, 
Marvel versus uh, crossover game uh, that's come out at this point. Uh, so seeing them in Power Rangers garb, just being the show of other Power Rangers is pretty awesome. And uh, yeah, just like you, uh, I can't wait to try these characters out. Uh, they're going to be really sick uh, based on what we've seen from the Ryu trailer. It, Justin, is this going to make you pick up the game again? Uh, I mean, it's still on Game Pass, so maybe. Although I'd have to probably buy the characters. And yeah. I'm less likely to do that. Um, but I'd play with buy you, you with the base characters so you can be them. Um, probably a dumb question. Are these original characters or are they putting Ryu and Chun-Li into the place of these existing Power Ranger characters? I think these designs are, are complete. I, I, my knowledge of Power Rangers stopped after 2000. So, but I want to say... The Crimson Hawk and Blue Phoenix Ranger, those are 100% original for Chun-Li and Ryu. Okay. Yeah. I assumed as much, but... Like, it even has, like, know. Ryu's... Like, his headband is on the outside of his helmet. Uh, Chun-Li mm-hmm. obviously has her buns and the blue, everything of, like... it's incor- They incorporated their core design aspects into their Ranger costumes. Yeah, they're really cool designs. Oh, yeah. Um, like I said, I love the, the fact that his fireball is literally a hawk. Um, since he's the Crimson Hawk Ranger, that's that's, just, that's a nice touch. Oh yes, I find it hilarious that uh, Chun Li and Ryu are not just Power Rangers, but they're also X Men. Like they're pretty much everything now. Yeah, pretty much. They 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 fought. They've literally at this point they fought everything. This is why Chun Li belongs in Smash. Anyways, um, yeah. let's move one on th- real quick. One thing that bothers me is yes. there's not a third uh, because it's a three v three fighting game. So you'd think they'd bring in three Street Fighters characters so you can have, like, Street Fighter versus Power Rangers. Um, I don't think there are any other Street Fighter characters in the thing, though. So they would have... I mean, they because I, I imagine that this is only happening just because they have the access, access to it already. So they just got to program the moves and, and the balance. Versus, like, yeah. if, if they would... Like, I don't even know who it would be. Would it be Guile? Would it be Ken? Ken would be too... Like, Ken's going to be too similar to uh, Ryu, obviously. But, like... I agree with you, but I think if you're going to pick two, um, I mean, like, it's going to be these two. And I, I think it'll be fine. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But it's just like, you know, you have to throw a random Power Ranger in with them. Like, that sucks. Maybe, yeah, they could have done that. They could have, maybe maybe they will. I mean, it doesn't come out for another month, so maybe it's a surprise it's going to happen. Like, and here's a third character! And it's, I don't know, another, another Power Ranger. Maybe it's the long-awaited Silver Ranger that I've wanted uh, for so long, even though I don't know how he would play. Like the Titanium Ranger from uh, Lightspeed Rescue? No, 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 the Silver Ranger from Lost in, from in Space. That one. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. Um, whose sister was... There was evil. no Power Rangers in Lost in Space. No, that's Lost Galaxy, yeah. Um, alright, so let's move on from Street Fighter to Mortal Kombat! This is just a tip of the iceberg for Mortal Kombat for us. Um... Uh, apparently, Mortal Kombat is getting uh, some new gaming chairs from Secret Lab. Uh, there's only one thing that gamers love more than sitting comfortably. That's shouting, Mortal Kombat at the top of the lungs. Mortal Kombat! See what I'm saying? It's so much fun. That's uh, true. Thankfully, That's so true. now you can do so with extreme ease as Secret Lab has revealed their brand new set of Mortal Kombat gaming chairs. This, just in time for the new Mortal Kombat film, which is actually launching this weekend um, at the time of this mm-hmm. recording. Uh, the new design is available at the Omega and Titan Screen Lab, which are, and then so there's just should be showing a screenshot of that right now on there, and you can click the link in the podcast description to see them yourselves. Uh, immortalized in the epic decades-long Mortal Kombat saga, these new chairs will design will look 
perfect center stage in any gaming setup. Available now, these these exclusive secret light collector's items very limited upon release, and perfect coincides with a brand new film launching on HBO Max. The chair features stylized embroidery techniques on its side panels, alongside skulls stitched on the side right on the side wings and repeating motifs of the game's famous voice lines. Upholstered in Secret Lab's signature Prime 2.0 PU leather, the iconic Mortal Kombat logo is also embroidered prominently on the rear in an instantly recognizable symbol. See more of the new chairs below. And I'm sort of looking at like, I don't, I'm not the biggest fan of gaming chairs because um, I think an office chair is a much better option to go with. But if I was to buy a gaming chair, this is pretty fucking sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is pretty cool. And I'm pretty sure uh, Kenny, a.k.a. Unruly, has already ordered this. Of course. They're probably going to send him one. I mean, I love, like, how hard they went on the promotional images for these. Like, the the text and the, um, like, the borders for everything, like, look like the Mortal Kombat game. And they've got, like, the, you know, the floaties in the background. Like, these look ripped straight out of Mortal Kombat. Not just the chairs, but also the, you know, the art they're showing off yes it would probably be more fitting if they somehow put spikes on the chair or something <laughs> have like massagers in it and there's like a like a fatality mode just get 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 relax sour honestly they could probably make another version that comes with speakers and it'll just play like the uh, classic sound effects like you suck or you know the like uh fatality <laughs> or uh oh well. exactly <laughs> toasty or like Whoop! you know the cla- yeah exactly you know the, the if you play classic mk you you will those those are forever uh etched in your mind <laughs> you know raiden sort of fucking superman tackle um i got a brand new car also, these chairs are basically four hundred dollars. Yeah, they're expensive, so you're gonna drop a pretty penny. Yeah. <laughs> you you got to be a Mortal Kombat fan. You want if you want one. Just look. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna tell you not to buy them. I'm just gonna tell you spend your money on an office chair. That's what I'm gonna tell you. Right. Um. um they are nice. I, I will say real quick. It's it's vaguely related to this topic. I did not put it in before. Um. They dropped the new uh the new theme song for the new Mortal Kombat movie. And it's basically like a like a modernized remix of the classic '90s Mortal Kombat theme, and it's perfect. That's good. I haven't listened to second it. Of it. Uh, I, I'm gonna wait till the movie comes out, but that's good. You don't fuck yeah. with don't fuck with the classic. Yeah. Um, oh, because I thought they weren't gonna do it. it at all, you know. And now it's like they basically just took that and made it better. Yeah. Well, it wasn't it wasn't the trailer, but that's no guarantee that they would use it in the movie. So. Um, or well, it's on the soundtrack, I, but it's called Mortal Kombat theme, so I assume it's in the movie. So, uh, yeah, I guess I guess we'll have to see. A movie comes out this Friday on HBO Max, not sponsored, but hey, HBO, come on, we're waiting right here, buddy. Um, we yeah. fit your demographic, I think. Um, speaking of not our demographic, let's talk about Legos, and let's talk about the creepiness of <laughs> how Lego. So last year, uh, was it last year? Uh, I think Nintendo and Lego collaborated on these new Lego Super Mario sets, um, which there's the Bowser Castle is like a hundred bucks, and there's a couple of small ones too. Um, but the big catcher was that Mario would be like Bluetooth enabled. He would make noises, you know, like Charles Martinet voices and stuff like that. So now, apparently, in an update. Uh, Lego Super Mario has started crying out for Luigi. Um, Lego Strong Super Mario Toys started calling out for his brother as an owner noticed following a former update. Which, by the way, that's so weird to me that the Lego has a former update. That's so fucking weird. Um, Lego Super Mario now cries out for Luigi, and then there's footage of it as well. Um, 
replying to a Facebook post highlighting this week's Super Mario update, relying on someone asking about potential Luigi debut. Uh, Luigi, uh, Lego's official account was following. Now, that's a very creative way to get the missing brother. We did notice that Lego Mario has started calling for him. We're looking into it and hope to have clarity on why this is so soon. So, pretty much, they're not saying yet, but yeah, it looks like you're going to get a Luigi uh, set. Uh, Luigi turning up in Lego form is no surprise. The Lego Super Mario range has been one of the company's biggest launches in years, both in terms of sales and the number of sets to offer. Is at least 500, uh, at least this, uh, it's converted to pounds. 500 pounds worth of Super Mario Lego was available within range, uh, when, when it was launched last summer, with 16 uh, further sets added back in January. All right, so number one, um, uh, do either of y'all own the Lego Mario sets? No? Uh, the last time I got Lego stuff was uh, for uh, Avengers Endgame, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I would love to get some of the licensed Legos, but I probably wouldn't get these because they're such specific sets. Like, you really can't do anything with them other than what they're set up to do because of the way Mario interacts with it. Right. And like, it's, I mean, it's amazing technology for kids. Like I wish I had this when I was little, cause I loved Legos back then, but now yeah. it would mostly just be a collectible. So like, eh, it's yeah. Fine. Also, but, I will say that since this creepy article, the Luigi Lego set has been confirmed. Okay, cool. Um, I'm surprised we've seen it, Lego Luigi and everything. Yeah, I'm surprised it's it still really a, funny. Yeah, I'm, yeah. Like, imagine is it Luigi's Mansion? Because that's the only way I can see this making sense. Yeah. Oh, is, is it Luigi's Although, Mansion? Uh, or, I, or I did he not show the set? Or did he just show the figure? Because I hope Luigi gets his own sets. Like that would be cool. Like with uh, with ghost booze and everything, Luigi's that would be neat. Set. Yay! I will find it. Um, all right, so like I can only imagine like you, you know you're like a dad. You bought your kid this toy for Christmas. All of a sudden, like you're in, you're maybe you're gonna get a drink. And it's like midnight. All of a sudden, you hear, "Oh, Luigi, where are you? I need you." Or what? I don't know what the <laughs> fuck he says. Um, but like just like it, like one in the morning. What the fuck was that? And you just see it's. It, by the way, Mario's eyes glow, so you're gonna see that shit. That's that's the start of a horror movie. Did we not learn anything from Chucky? Have we not learned anything? To not give any kind of sentience to a fucking toy. Alright, next thing you know, we're gonna... That that theoretical reminds me of a story of uh, when I was a kid, uh, back in 98, I think, or 99, when uh, Bugs Life was in theaters. Uh, I had this, uh, I had this toy of uh, the main character, Flick, and uh, it was like one of those, uh, uh, one of those uh, reactor toys, like, uh, if it's, like, if you set it up in the dark, right, mm-hmm. and it, uh, pretty much uh, says a thing uh, when light shines on it. And uh, I recall um, my parents opening up uh, the door uh, when I was asleep at night, and this thing just goes, Intruder alert! Intruder alert! <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? Oh, wow. All right. Uh, did you find the Luigi? Uh... Yeah. So it's not like a special Luigi set or anything. It's Aww. basically it's, it's a Luigi starter set. That includes, you know, obviously him, and then a few new uh, figures, like just Mario figures. Like, there's a pink Yoshi, uh, Bone Goomba, which I don't think has ever been a thing. Yeah, um, that's that's weird. And Boss I'm Boom pretty Boom. sure there's only one bone in their brains. Um, and then, of course, like, you know, some new pieces and stuff. No booze? But it's not, like, specific to Luigi stuff. No booze? I mean, this is just the starter set for him. Well, it's for kids. Of course it can't have booze. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great. Well done. Uh, 
Um, it's also like they're introducing just a standalone speaker uh, that plays music and sound effects from the Mario games, like while you're setting it up, which is pretty cool. That's neat. Um, so yeah, it's just it's an expansion of the existing Mario stuff, but I'm sure they could add, you know, in the future, they could add some Luigi specific things too. Yeah, I really wish like this is all cool, but I really wish they would release a set that's just like a Lego set, you know, like little mini Mario figure that you could build, like Peach's Castle or Luigi's Mansion. Yeah, or like I that's what I wanted, but like not like this whole like Bowser super huge or the to- like that's I mean that's fine if I was like six, but or like maybe ten, but like now it's like I'm not fucking I'm just gonna sit there. Although I mean I've said it before, if they put out a Zelda set that like was a kind of a build your own dungeon thing, I'd buy it in a heartbeat oh yeah i know yes yeah i would buy a metroid set where you get to build samus's gunship that would be awesome um and uh, that'd be yeah that'd be sick and that would go like hotcakes like just because of how crazy metroid fans are okay it is funny that this is coming out now though because mario's dead so they have to switch over to luigi why do you think he was calling out for him he's calling out from the afterlife yeah all right. Speaking of being almost dead, uh, we have an update regarding the closure of the PlayStation <laughs> Three and PlayStation Vita stores. Uh, this is coming from the PlayStation blog itself, and from coming from self old game hater himself, Jim Ryan. Yeah, I said it. Um, so apparently, the PlayStation Store on PS Three and PS Vita will continue operations. I'll just go in justice right now. The PSP Store. Will still close on July second, but that makes more sense considering that's been out since yeah. two thousand seven, and most people probably don't own a PSP anymore. And chances are, if you have a PSP, you kind of have what you have at this point. Uh, I will at least, you know, for the most part. Uh, or maybe... you packed it, exactly. So uh, this is from there. Recently, we've received notice that PlayStation Store for both for PS three and PS Vita devices are planned to end summer. Upon further reflection, however, it is clear that we made this the wrong decision here. So today I'm happy to say that we are keeping the PlayStation Store operational for PS3 and PSV devices. PSP commercially functioning will retire on July 2nd, 2021 as planned. When we initially came to the decision to end purchasing support for PS3 and PS Vita, it was born out of a number of factors including commerce, support challenges for old devices, and the ability to use to focus more on resources on newer devices where the majority of our gamers are playing on. We see now that many of you are incredibly passionate about being able to continue purchasing classic games on PS3 and PS Vita for the foreseeable future, so I'm glad that we were able to find a solution to continue operations. Uh, I'm glad that we could, keep, uh, we could keep this piece of our history alive for our gamers to enjoy while we continue our creative cutting edge uh, our creative cutting edge new games for PS4, PS5, and next-gen VR. Thank you for sharing feedback, yada, yada, yada. Y'all got called out for a shitty thing. Y'all got dragged on Twitter. And y'all are fucking not closing the store. And y'all shouldn't have closed the store to fucking begin with. Or if you were going to close it, it should have been a year, not fucking five months. But so. for once, they listened. They usually don't listen. So no. that's still something. Yeah, I did not expect to read this today. So like that's why this, mm-hmm. this, news, this news for us was actually added in late. Because I fully yeah. did not see it, see it coming. So, Well, really, what happened is they listened to the show from last week. And they're like, you know what? Those guys are right. Yeah. That's that's yeah, the those, kind of impact those really we have handsome here. podcasters really had a point there. Yeah. We make change. We make real change for you. Yes. All right. So yeah. So now hopefully you don't have to rush. I would still maybe hey go ahead and get those PS3 games you've been wanting or PS1 games you've been wanting. You know your. Uh, yeah. Yep. You know, just in case, I I, I might still do it now because I, I initially wasn't going to do it. You know, I, I'm never going to play those games. My PS3 is not hooked up, but maybe I'll do something about it now. 
um, just to have. Remember it. my whole story about downloading the Ratchet and Clank. Uh, was uh-huh. that a crack in time? Yeah, I think it so. finally finished downloading today. What? Nice. <laughs> that long? God. Well, for one, I guess like it 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 goes into pending whenever you're playing the game. But still, it's been two weeks. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I think it depends on what game you're playing uh, for uh, background downloads to go on in there. Yeah, it's insane. That's that's crazy. Um, yeah. Also, they do need to uh, they do need to still worry about the CMOS because eventually those games will or those systems will go offline. Yeah, and that's still going to be an issue, like we talked about last week. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a it's a battle one, but the war is far from over in against Rishi. And again, Jim Ryan, fuck you for you know make the comment of who wants to play those old games anyways. Like, go fuck yourself, dude. Clearly, clearly, people want to play those games since you have you don't want to put them on the new store. I guarantee you, people would have less of a problem with this if you could access these games on the PS4 versus PS5. Like, they're right. they, yeah, like right. I don't see why these games aren't on there. You know, other than like effort. You know, even even if you don't have backwards compatibility, you have to have legacy support. Like those are the only two options. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Like I said, Nintendo uh, that the WiiWare shop was on at least like you could only put money on there for like a year, and then like a few months after that, it was gone completely. So they gave you time um, at that point. So uh, and you can still play those games on your Wii U if you have them downloaded. So as long as you have a Wii U. All right. Plus, they love re-releasing their games, so we're never too worried about. Yeah, Nintendo. Yeah, some, fair, that's not that big an issue. Some games are are lost forever, but for the most part, the big games you're always going to be able to play at some point. So versus you know hell, name a PlayStation One game you can play on the PS Five. The answer is none. Hey, you can't even play PlayStation Five games on there. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, I just, I just, I just dunked PlayStation. Um. Anyways, uh, so going from the big bad Sony to good old indie. Uh, we have the game title name for the development team of Celeste. Uh, it is called Earthblade. Uh, and it's set to release. Cool logo. Cheekily, yes, it reminds me of a 90s JRPG, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, it's set to come in in 20XX. Very cute. Um, over three years ago, Extremely OK Games released Celeste. The game has become a massive success. Hell, it's one of my games of the year, I think, in 2019. Uh, its final chapter released in 2019. Or was it 2018? I don't remember. Uh, the dev team has already confirmed that there isn't a sequel planned for now, so it's no surprise Extremely OK Games has been working on a new game that has nothing to do with the world Celeste. Earlier today, Extremely OK Games announced Earthblade. This game is a 2D explorer game in a seamless pixel art world uh, with Lena Rain creating the game soundtrack. No platforms have been mentioned, including Switch, uh, and the release date is only slated for 20XX. Um, you can see their official statement, and there's a tweet linked into the article. Um, so yeah, I, I, I think it was about time. You know, obviously, you know, I don't think Celeste needs a sequel, considering... I mean, they kind of got one. They got yeah, that with, little... With the update? Yeah, that little... But, like, an official, like, two or something, you know, like, on a console right, release. Yeah. Um, but it's cool that they're doing something fun, and, um, you know, obviously nothing to really show yet, um, but uh, I, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, of course, I mean, they so, had me at 2D Explorer action game in a seamless pixel art world like you think it's gonna be metroidvania don't you son of a bitch i mean either that or it's going to be like a top-down zelda like yeah but i assume they'll use the same like celeste engine and make it a you know uh side scroller type game 
Yeah. I, 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 yeah. I'll agree with you. I like the logo a lot. It looks really cool. Yeah. Very nice logo. It's clean. All right. Anything else, Tyler, buddy? Um, nothing for me. I I did enjoy my time with Celeste, as brief as it was, so uh, I'm kind of optimistic to see what this game's about. All right, so we're going to end the news this time on the indie world, the surprise indie world that kind of dropped last Wednesday. Uh, so we're going to kind of, basically what we're going to do, we're going to go through them real quick. I'm going to say them uh, real quick, and then if you guys have any thoughts on them, we'll stop. Um, so uh, just because uh, otherwise we'd be here for too long to cover every single thing individually. Uh, so kicking off, we have uh, Road 96. Uh, this is by DigiArt, the developer behind the acclaimed World War One narrative adventure 1111. Uh, Memoirs retold is bringing up a striking procedural road uh, trip adventure uh, to Switch later this year. So it's pretty much a game where it's RNG generated. You meet different people on a road trip, and it's seemingly different every time. It looks like a very much like find yourself kind of game. Um, I did not understand this trailer. I thought it was like a choose-your-own-adventure type thing where it's like the outcome is different depending on what choices you make. But then they made it sound like it's just the game is totally different every time you play it. I think that's what it is. Like it's just going to experience something different every time. So, um, All right. So, uh, Tyler, anything? Okay. Uh, the trailer's still loading on my end, so I got nothing to say on this. All right. Uh, next up is Ariel Knight's Never Yield. Uh, this is a parkour-infused style 3D runner set up an eye-catching futuristic Tokyo. Um, although it says D- Detroit. Um, I don't know why it says to- I know the game said it's supposed to be featured Detroit, or maybe I misread that. I it's, it's a Tokyo-inspired Detroit. Okay. I yeah, don't, this, ar- this description's bad. Yeah, okay. Um, Eurogamer, it's, it's Detroit, not Tokyo. Um, in a futuristic Detroit-inspired Tokyo, into a dope-tastic soundtrack by Detroit artist uh, Danami Sama, that's heading to switch on May 19th. Ah, this is based on the didn't see the trailer. Uh, this is like Bitch It Runner, um, where it's it's a it's a runner game, but it looks really cool as hell. And the music they showed yeah. off uh, was stylish as hell. So I'll definitely give this look when it comes out. There is a demo available right now on the Nintendo eShop. Mm-hmm. I like. I'm not a big fan of runners, but like the style of this game is so cool. And that kind of keeps me intrigued. Yeah. Also, it's art... cool that it's just like it's from a guy. Like he he had this idea, and like people told him he couldn't do it, so he made it himself. Yeah, yeah. The, that you got to show that initiative. That. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Errol Knight is the person in in, in question. Uh, that is the person who we we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, all right. So the next up, uh, this is coming. This is a couple of games. This is from uh, Annapurna Interactive. Uh, the uh, uh, they made um, Edith Finch and then Florence. I believe those are two games that they're known for, or they published them. The ever-reliable Annapora uh, Interactive has two titles coming to Switch. For new developer variable states, Last Stop, which features three intertwined supernatural acute stories in one, uh, comes to console in July. While Joel McDonald's Hindsight, spanning the, the entirety of a woman's life from birth to present day, arrives later this year. So... Um, if you've played both Florence and uh, What Reigns of Edith Finch, you know this this, this publisher very much. It, it thrives on those emotional story driven games, uh, so these will probably be no different. Uh, they're definitely experimental, but I like that these games exist because they provide something different in the space that is largely occupied by hack and slash giants and shooters. I don't care for their games, but I like that Annapurna's doing games. Because it's it's showing that like 
there's an interactive movie media kind of like Annapurna is a is a movie production company too um like they uh produce a lot of in uh indie movies so like it's neat that they're kind of taking that mindset and putting it into like you know interactive experiences too they just they don't really speak to me specifically yeah all right so moving on to uh develop roll sevens uh super light of ollie ollie is making its long way to return in the form of ollie ollie world it brings the series fearsomely compelling traditionally two-dimensional skateboarding formula into the wonderfully world uh, stylized 3d world onto switch this winter so yeah uh, i had all the first two all ollie games i think they were part of a humble bundle deal uh i didn't get into them i don't think i was in the right mindset to play them but this trailer looked fantastic um yeah. i'm definitely yeah this looks sick yeah i'm definitely going to uh to check this out when it comes out uh hopefully in november december of this year it's like a mix between like trials and jet grind radio a little it's really yeah cool yeah i can see that but also um quick shout out this is this is the new game that private private division is publishing uh they bought roll seven I think last year we we mentioned that they bought Roll Seven and then Moon Studios, who did Ori in the Blind Forest, and so this is the uh, the first game they've announced, and that's real cool, you know, small company making big moves. Yeah, it, it definitely looks like, and to be featured in a Nintendo Direct, that's pretty cool too. Um, <laughs> so next up we have Studio Suez's um, Fascinating Lonely Adventures: The Longing. Uh, it's out now. This one casts players as, as shade and sets them loose in the caverns of a vast underground kingdom, finding ways to pass time as they wait for 400 days to, for their king to awaken in real time, which that is... That seemed interesting, but I, I the trailer didn't really do enough for me to want to play it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm curious. What did, you, what did y'all have anything to say about it? I'm amused that Thomas was really interested in this game, considering how often he plays like Picross and stuff. He clearly just has time to waste. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this looks unbearably slow. Yeah. So like, yeah. you literally I don't know, that's that's definitely an approach, I guess. So um alright, but it's uh, out now, so if you want to try it, uh it's out now. You better get a head start because it's gonna take four hundred days. <laughs> God I that seems really odd. Okay, so next up is probably the heavy hitter of this direct, um, which is odd to feature in an indie thing, but whatever. Uh, it's a publisher's indie, so I guess that counts. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge, oh. of course. You skipped uh, one. Or did I, did I skip one? Uh, yeah, oh, I did. No oh, game. Wrong dimension. <laughs> you that, skipped that, There is no game. That's funny. That's funny. Okay, <laughs> let me go back. Sorry, because the, 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 the thumbnail is like just a switch. So I thought it was an ad placement. So. Oh. My bad. No, I'm um, really excited for this one. That's why I, I did Okay, really cool. It. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Um, so th- this is after that. Uh, this is uh, coming out on Switch. The title is, is There Is No Game by Wrong Dimension. Um, it's offering a silly, unexpected journey to progression of perhaps, familiar, per- perhaps faintly familiar video game universes. So um, I didn't see this one. Um, but why are you excited for it, Justin? It looks insane. Like I think this is actually a sequel. Like there was a there was an original. This is no there is no game. Um, like that was PC or something. And so this one seems like a sequel or at least some kind of like other title in that universe or whatever. Um, that's just built of 
uh, a bunch of different like little mini games uh, where you have to just kind of figure out what to do. So it's like it it the whole premise of there is no game. Like I said, I think there was a, a an original one. Um, is it just boots up with there is no game, and you have to like find the game on the screen. Like you have to figure out how to interact with the screen to like make something happen. Um, and it keeps going through different screens, like basically saying like you know this isn't a game. Why are you playing it? Um, and so it seems like in this case, it goes really crazy where it's like invading other games. Uh, yeah, I saw at least uh, the style of other games. I saw papers, please on there for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I saw that as well. Yeah. I think there's actual crossovers and then there's some things that are like, just kind of inspired by, um, Oh, oh, it's no, it's a please paper. It's an advertisement. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, and it's in like kind of a like a Zelda style game. Um But yeah, so it's like jumping through different games. Yeah, this whole trailer is just sensory overload. Yeah, but it looks like really cool. WarioWare on crack. So I just I want to know what it is. That's why I'm curious. Yeah, it looks it definitely looks interesting. Alright, moving on to the, obviously, the cornerstone of this direct, which is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Shredder's Revenge. It's a side-scrolling yes. beat-up inspired by the retro t- uh, titles yeah. like of, of Turtles in Time. It's a collaboration between Dot Emu, the publisher behind Streets of Rage 4, and Wonder Boy Dragon's Chef, and Flint Hook developer Tribute Games is coming to Switch later this year. Still no official release date, but uh, just looking at the trailer, of course, sprite work is gorgeous. Um, mm-hmm. Have and, like It's just cool to see, like, a fully realized um, spiritual successful to Turtles in Time. Um, I don't care what anybody says. That is the definitive Turtles side action uh, beat 'em up game. In my opinion. yes, <laughs> uh, I played that on stream this past weekend, and I was super sick to do that. Um, to see like all the turtles have unique animations, super moves. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. This is uh, T Lopes, uh, who you may know. He did the music for Sonic Mania. He is doing the music for this. See my boy. Um, he will be doing the music for this. So, uh, like, yeah, I. I can't wait. I hope. Come on, give me a a eight bit version, sixteen bit version of Ninja Rap, please. Fuck Vanilla Ice. Um, just give me Ninja Rap, okay? And then you can do it. Just give me the melody. All yeah, right. We're definitely gonna have to play this game when it comes out. Oh, for sure. We'll do like a video yeah, on it with all four. Definitely. Of us. I hope it. I hope it has four player online co op or something, or maybe we can work something out through Steam. I mean, I guess it does. Well, Streets of Rage 4 does not have... It has four-player local co-op, but only two-player online. Oh. So there's no guarantee. Oh, okay. Well, even two-player online is still pretty good. Yes. Yeah. All right. So next up is a game that I think a lot of people have their eyes on. It's supposed to come out last year, but it was delayed. Perpetual yeah. Nintendo Indie Showcase attendee uh, Chris Tales, uh, a gorgeous RPG from developers Dreams Incorporated. That's an awesome name. And Sick <laughs> finally has a release date. It's due to launch on Switch on July 20th. There is an eShop demo that's out there now. So this oh, we've yeah, seen this game before. Yeah, this we've I've had it downloaded, never played the demo. We've seen this game before, but just the fact that we're getting a release date, it still looks as gorgeous as ever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm I'm excited to play this game. Uh, there's all, it's all by the way, it is also getting a physical release. You can pre-order it on Amazon. I think it's like forty bucks versus the thirty bucks on the eShop. So uh, go physical if you can, but if not, it's available digitally as well. And if you're not if you're not sure how to play, uh, just try the little demo. It's out there now. I like this trailer because it showed a little bit more of how the gameplay works, like using the time manipulation and battle to like make enemies weaker and that kind of thing. I was always kind of confused about the the time. Like, you know, basically living in three time zone, time periods at once um, kind of confused me. So this helped make that make sense. 
All right, so let's go through this next one. Uh, developer Guru Guru is bringing Getsu Fumanden Undying Moon. It's coming to Switch next year. Uh, the, this one promises Roguevania 2D action built around high strategic martial arts style combat and unfolds across a beautiful underworld-inspired traditional Japanese EQR. Here's the kicker, though. This is an old game that... This is number one published by Konami, and this is an old property that they had in the 80s on the NES. So... Konami um, still makes games? Uh, well, they're not making this. They're just publishing it. Um, so well, they're co-developing. They're co-developing. Okay. Um, thank you for the correction on that. Because uh, they're saw... an indie developer now, you know. Uh, I will say, <laughs> this game does look fantastic. The visual style is truly amazing. Like uh, I don't know what Getsu Fumaden is. Uh, you know, it's top, not... When you think of Konami, you think of Contra, Castlevania a whole bunch of other games uh i don't think of this but it this does look cool and it has a unique art style and of course uh the roguelike does not scare me anymore so i'm i'm going ham on this um all right uh i think it's out isn't it is it it doesn't say anything about it's out um it doesn't say here it's out. i'll check on the eShop, but i swear it's not there yet um there's at least a demo or something i saw someone playing it Okay, maybe it's a demo, but I don't think it's... Uh, there's an early access in uh, May 13th. Oh, okay. Alright, so next up mm-hmm. is Aztec Forgotten Gods, developed by Lienzo, uh, Li- a 3D action adventure that tells the story of Ak- Akchi, a young Aztec woman on a quest that pits her against colossal ancient deities. It's due to arrive on Nintendo's platform this autumn. And Justin, believe I think you pretty much described this game as... Pretty much uh, Phoenix Rising, but for uh, Aztec culture. Yeah. This looked incredible. Like, for one, I love that it's like a... um, It's a South American studio uh, that just wants to, like, show off their culture. Um, And I think that's really cool. But they're showing it off in a really, like, unique, interesting way with kind of the, you know, the fantasy elements and stuff. Yeah. But it's paying homage to, like, the culture they love. Um, but, yeah, this looks like a... Just a hyper-stylized... Kind of, you know, Breath of the Wild-like... Yeah, it looks uh, cool. With Aztec gods and stuff. And that's dope. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say... I, I will say... Yeah, this looks sick. Minor correction. Aztec is Central America, because that is the basis of what Mexico becomes. So, just a minor correction on there. That's no, okay. Just just for anybody who's curious. I, I stuttered for a second. I'm like, I think I might be wrong, but I said it anyway. <laughs> yeah, my, I think Mayan is more South American, and then uh, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. and then, I get those confused. Um. So yeah. So, so this 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 looks dope. Um. So yeah. Uh. I definitely don't mind more representation of my people because I do have Aztec blood in me just because of how ancestry works. Um. So yeah, that's that's really cool. Are you a god? Are you descendant I'm, from a god? I'm a descendant of King of Spain. That's I know that for sure. All right. Are you Kotal Khan? No. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, next up, uh, developer Southpaw Games' uh, Vibrant Skull, the Hero Slayer, describes an action-packed 2D roguelike 2D platform for the ages. It's making its way to Switch this summer. Uh, this is another one that I didn't see, but just gl- glimpsing at the trailer. This I like the style. Uh, it looks really... reminds me of Owlboy, just not as detailed, which may or may not be good, depending on what you ask me about Owlboy. Um... But I do like its presentation. Uh, definitely reminds me of like a kind of a hybrid between a Super Nintendo and a PlayStation game. In all honesty, this is one I'd probably really like if it wasn't a roguelite. I think you should give it a try, regardless. Um, uh, this is really giving me some Hollow Knight vibes. 
Not art style, but gameplay for sure. Yeah. I like the uh-huh. head switching. Like, that's how you kind of get different powers. Yeah, that's cool. It's that's unique. the cap attack right there. Honestly, I like the art style the most. Like, I, I love that kind of cutesy sprite look with, like, some darkness to it. All right, so let's move on to this is uh this is uh do you want to switch to summer? It's Fun Skeletor's Art Rally, a uh, striking, stylish, top-down racer that Eurogamers are very much. With. I don't. Why are you including what you think of the fucking game? Um, in this, so, so yeah, uh, it's pretty so much just to like, another article. That's why. Yeah, it's pretty much. Yeah, it's pretty much like a, a, like the the cars kind of reminds me of like Sega uh, Sega Rally Racing a little bit, just mm-hmm. not as much poly. Um, the trailer doesn't really give you much to go on, but hey, we can use more racing games that are not Forza or Need for Speed. So that's good. That's fair. Yeah, I kind of forgot about this one already, honestly. Yeah. Um, so next up is developer Stone Weed and Sons Kiwi. Uh, Kiwi, uh, I don't, I apologize if I don't know how to pronounce. Uh, it's a chaotic po- uh, Kiwi, okay. Uh, a chaotic postal puzzler starring Kiwi. Oh, because it's Kiwi Birds. Okay. Yeah. Uh, starring Tiny Kiwi Birds, Jeff and Deborah. Uh, it's set to debut on Switch this August. This does look adorable. Kiwi Birds are hilariously adorably small. Um, so yeah, this will probably be a good co-op game for you and your friends. I don't understand it. It seems like one of those like kind of untitled goose game type things where it's just like nonsense. But that could be well, fun. I don't know. Yeah. It says it's, it's... kind of reminds me more of Fogs, honestly. Of what? Fo- uh... Uh, there's a. Yeah, it's basically you're a two-headed dog. It's a co-op game uh, where you have to like solve puzzles, and you just share one body, but you're two dogs. Yeah, so think cat dog, but dog dog. Oh. <laughs> okay. I've never heard uh, of that. Yeah, it, it kind of got stuff released. We only know about it because VTubers play it. Um, or have played it. Alright, so next up is Labyrinth City. Uh, this is developer Darjeeling's adaptation of a children's book series, Pierre de Masse, Detective, uh, is due to spring sending players on a puzzle strewn adventure across a gorgeous hand-drawn city. Pierre the a- Maze Detective, you monster. Pierre de Masse, uh, Detective. Um, <laughs> and a, de- uh, uh, in a bid to recover the mysterious maze stone. I won't lie, I don't know if this, I'll play this game visually. Like, if you're talking about recreating a children's book that like you would see at the doctor's office or, like, Where's Waldo, yeah. this is, like, holy shit. I was just gonna oh, say, yeah. this is fucking Where's Waldo. It looks shit. beautiful. Like, I would, I just want to, like, watch somebody else play this game. I don't think I'd play it, but I, I won't I would have a hard time it. keeping track of my character. Yeah. Yeah, that does seem like a bit of an issue. Where's my character? Um, right. <laughs> All right, all right. So let's move on. Uh, Weaving tides. This is developed by Follow the Feathers. Unfolds across an immense textile landscape, ripped, uh, replete with Zelda-like dungeons. That's going to tickle Justin's fancy. Exploration and puzzle are the order of the day here. Players would need to deploy nifty weaving abilities of their flying mounts to progress. It's out on Switch this May. This looks really unique. Um, I don't unique... remember this one, but yeah, it looks real cool. Yeah, has a unique art style to it, a unique gameplay gimmick to it. I like the camera, so yeah, I'll definitely keep an eye on it. Um, Weaving Tide, so remember that one. All right, so here comes another big one that I had no fucking idea. It was part of this direct. Uh, it was never trending on Twitter because you people are idiots. Uh, the self-explanatory House of the Dead remake um, from Forever Entertainment, the same people who who brought you Panzer Dragoon. Um. 
Uh, and Megapixel Studio, the team, they fucking just repeated my words. So yeah, it's coming to Switch later this year. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, House of the Dead 1 never got an official console port to, uh, like, like console at the time. Uh, only the Dreamcast got House of the Dead 2, which is probably the one you play, you remember the most. So it's, and, like, this looks great, uh, for an indie game, and, uh, like, it looks like a faithful recreation of the first game. Uh, like, yeah, this, this looks fantastic, and, uh, I wonder how it's gonna work. Are you gonna have to use the Joy-Cons? Can you use the Pro Controller? Um, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Is there going to be DLC for Typing of the Dead? Yes! Oh, God, I hope so. That would be so sick. I would pay good money for that. It looks like it's just analog. Because, like, the cursor's just kind of still on screen, and then it moves around in a way that doesn't seem like the kind of erratic motion control, you know? Yeah. I, I hope it looks it like you you're actually moving the cursor, like, with a, I, with a stick or something. Yeah, I hope it gives you the option to use gy- the gyro controls, either in the Pro Controller or the, or the Joy-Cons, because that, like, yeah. I feel like that would get you the ultimate experience of what this game's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Now, hopefully, Agreed. this will, hopefully, uh, as you saw, Panzer Dragoon is successful, so they're remaking Panzer Dragoon's way, so hopefully, if this is successful, they'll remake Pan- uh, House of the Dead 2, so we can get that one in there. Someday, yeah. a successor will come. And it has come. Is that G over there? Yep. Oh, man. So many great moments playing in the arcade of playing House of the Dead 1. Um, next up uh, is Ender Lily's Quitus. God, did you hear that? Did you use that name? Of the Knights. Described as a dark fantasy Metroidvania. That'll tickle uh, Justin's fancy. It's making its <laughs> way on the Switch this June, uh, on the 22nd of June. Um, oh, my fancy's already tickled. Trust me. Is it also, speaking of Hollow Knight, this looks this looks like Hollow Knight. Uh yes, oh, yeah, yes, totally. and no. I, w- I would I would say it's like more Ori, honestly, just because of the forest stuff like that. It's like if Ori was darker. It's got that kind of gothic yeah. like darkness of Hollow Knight, though. Yeah, but the areas here, just looking at them, they feel much more. Br- you can breathe more versus Hollow Knight is very much very claustrophobic. Um, so I feel like you have a lot more room to breathe. That's why, like, I get more Ori vibes from it. Just Ori with a slightly different color palette. But it looks great. Nothing wrong with more Metroidvanias. Um, hopefully yeah. it'll be another another piece to the collection. Get an I do wish we'd get fun. more on the Metroid side rather than the Vania side, but I'm not going to complain. It still looks yeah. cool. Yeah. All right, we're into the last couple, last two games. Moving on, um... This is uh, budding wildlife travelers can embark on an adventure across a magical ecosystem full of extraordinary creatures and beasts of Maravilla Island from Banana Bird Studios. There are puzzles to be solved, animals to interact with, and of course, photos to be snapped when it launches on Switch this June. So this looks, just looking at the trailer, uh, did y'all have any thoughts on this game? Because I didn't see it. Um, what well, Pokemon Snap, what's going yeah. on here? I want to know if Banana Bird Studios is is inspired by Donkey Kong Country Three, but that's really my only thoughts. Yeah, it looks like you're. Uh, it's uh, it definitely looks more open than Pokemon Snap for sure, because uh, you're traveling on foot versus uh, mm-hmm. traveling on on a on rails. There's definitely some unique creatures, high cute spider, and some very like mean looking creatures and evil looking creatures. So this would be a cool, like probably a relaxing game you play. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. All right, moving on to the last one, which I really don't want to talk about, considering the creator is a piece of shit. But anyways, going to talk about it anyways. It's not the last uh, one. We can skip it if you want. Uh, okay. Yeah, we'll skip it. My bad. Okay, so we're going to skip that one. It like it's it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But just you know, I will never buy this game. Uh, right. hit that game. 
Um, so yeah, the last game we're talking about is Oxen Free 2 Lost Signals, the sequel to Night School Studio Acclaimed Narrative Adventure, arrives later this year following the event of the first game. Riley returns to her hometown of uh, Kamina, where mysterious revolving around yet more radio signals ensue. So, uh, I've seen this game, the first one around, but I never bought it, but that's cool that it was successful enough to warrant a sequel. People really liked it, apparently. I have no idea what it is. Like, this whole trailer went through, and I'm like, is this... Is this supposed to be a big deal? This was like there. We have one more thing. I don't know what this is. And then it said the Oxen Free trail or title, and I'm like, oh, okay, that's why. Yeah, I, I, I saw people on my on my Twitter feed who were going crazy for it. Like, yeah, it's back. Um, so that that's cool. I'm happy for those people. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that is the news for today, gentlemen. It is now time to move on to the talk of the night, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, just to give the poll, uh, just to have the poll, uh, the poll that won was your own, your OC's MK fatality. So, um, basically what we'll be doing, um, is, uh, we will be talking about our own characters, fatalities. Doesn't help that I can't hear that from whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need to go on. So yeah, so the, what we are each Tyler, Justin, and I have created our own Mortal Kombat characters uh, in celebration. Honest, funny enough, it's fitting that it won the poll. Uh, that because today is the 10th anniversary of Mortal Kombat Nine, the game that revitalized the franchise, and the Mortal Kombat movie comes out this week. So yay numbers! Um, so I'm fitting. going to let Tyler go first because I think he has the most creative one here, Tyler. Oh, um, shit, I have to go first? W- Tyler, what is your... Did you hit the button, Justin? Oh. Fatality. <laughs> there you go. What is, there I'll, you I'll go. get on it. Okay. Okay, so... This was a bit... Uh, this was honestly a bit last minute. Like, I didn't think uh, this one would win the poll, but I, I honestly think that uh, Justin's suggestion was going to win out overall. But uh, Next time. Yeah, maybe next time. Uh, basically, mine is basically like a parody character of sorts. Like, uh, you ever see Godzilla vs. Megalon, which we talked about in Atomic Shot? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> uh, there's a character from that movie uh, called Jet Jaguar, who is basically uh, a sort of homage to uh, uh, Common Rider, Ultraman, that kind of thing. Except, if you've seen this character, he looks mega dumb, and it's great. And it, and it works way better in context of the movie. So anyway, my character, if it's it hasn't been on screen, is called Copter Cat. <laughs> uh, thank you, Justin, for the name on that. Uh, so yeah, uh... It's basically a robot cat that uh, has a big propeller on its head. And uh, its fatality, if it ever gets into the Mortal Kombat mythos, I'm pretty sure it would uh, make it into the PS2 era because, holy fuck, have you seen any of those characters' designs? Hey. Um, hey. There's some, there's some well, gems so I, in that generation, too. Yeah, Kenshi's great. Yeah. And Frost. But he's the only good one that stands out. And Frost. Yeah. Uh, Outnumber you. Sorry. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. He'd probably stand out there. Uh, he'd just do a whole bunch of uh, Super Sentai punches and kicks. Probably uh, uh, probably a few poses here and there. 
And uh, as for his fatality, uh, he will uh, grow many times the size, much like Jed Jaguar in, uh, in the movie that he's represented in, and just leaps up into the air in space and just helicopters down face first, and the propellers chop up the opposition. <laughs> ah, that's great. I'm, I imagine that fatality's already been done before, and I might be uh, combining a few here and there, but that's what I came up with, so... Yeah, it's whatever. That's I'm fine. not sure anyone has a propeller in Mortal Kombat. Uh, Cyrax, it's one of the robot ninjas in Ultimate Mortal Kombat 3. I think it's Cyrax. He literally flies up. Yeah, goes, I think it's Cyrax. And he literally flies down on you, sawing you down. Oh, okay. Yeah, um, I so remember yeah. now. Yeah. One of the few good fatalities in Mortal Kombat 3, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, yeah. That game is, uh, at least the original one, is not that great with that. All right, no. Justin. Ultimate's good. What is your OC's? Fatality. There we go. Okay. I, I'm trying to also switch out things, so I was like mid-click, and I'm like, oh crap, fatality. Um, We're new to this. This is a new process. We're trying to make the show more fun. Yeah, exactly. All right, so I'll admit my my character isn't terribly creative um, because it is like my literal OC that uh, it's, the, it's the character that Lo drew for me. Um, but I wanted to go ahead and use it because I already had the art. And so I thought it'd be fun more so than coming up with the character to think of how that character would fit into Mortal Kombat. Um, so yeah, mine is, is zero. Um, and he is somewhat similar to the, you know, the zero we all know and love from Mega Man. Um, just a, a little bit more brutal um but what is he fighting for uh <laughs> death mostly um and fame uh maybe a little the gene you know whatever you mean iris he's he's basically like zero in the boys if you think of it that way um oh so he's he's kind of the the superhero of the team uh like of the mortal Kombat team i mean He's got his beam sword. He's very, um, he's very mechanical. So, like, he, he's he's actually he doesn't have like superpowers or anything. He has a suit. Um, so, like, the sword is a, a beam sword that he's like holding, um, and then he has like a repulsor beam basically in his hand. Uh, so it's kind of like Iron Man meets Zero, basically. Um, but. He also has like kind of a like a uh, thing on his belt that lets him teleport around, uh, similar to like Joker from Persona Five. Um, so he's got some cool abilities still. Like he can kind of you know he can bamf around, like slash you from behind, that kind of thing. So the first thing I think of is like the um, uh, what what's the like the big move like the when your meter is full? What's that called? Crushing blow. Yeah, like I think of that first, which is kind of like what um, uh, I think it's the sub zero yeah, one. Well where he like throws you against the wall and then like throw like stabs a like spikes through your eyes or whatever. I think of it kind of like that, except he uh, he kind of like bamps around behind you and like uh, puts his puts his hand against your back and like activates the beam sword so it like shoots through your body. And then, like, you know, shuts it off and 
like pushes you over and then like repulsor beams your head um and like the reason i say that is because like whenever they show a, a trailer for a new character in mortal kombat they always do just like some normal combat and then the crushing blow and then leading into the fatality so i picture those two kind of hand in hand um but then his fatality uh would be um he I'm actually I'm making this up as I go. I did not think of it beforehand. Oh no. <laughs> Dude same. Right? It's more fun that way. Uh it's improv, you know, little 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 yes and action. Um So I had his power set and everything figured out. Um So he just he does kind of like a um like a three shot repulsor, like you know, like head, chest, crotch. Um, and then once he's created like his pilot holes, basically he go, he, uh, does sword into one hole, probably the crotch, let's be honest. And then just blades up the body. And so it falls like in half basically. And then, um, he, he rips the halves apart. Uh, I'm trying to think of, um, yeah, he rips the halves apart and then teleports away and like, you you see him basically like up in the sky and he like drops half of the body like in midair. Oh, and like his, his I'm just imagining, uh, I'm just imagining, uh, after shooting, uh, the three holes, um, the parts that fall out are pretty much just like, uh little jelly flabs like in that one scene in kung pao kind of yeah like scorched holes and then like some remains on the floor um but yeah so then it like it you know transitions into his victory screen um where he does like a cool like sword pose and then the other half of the body falls behind him (laughs) like out of the sky awesome nice that sounds cool all right yeah he's pretty brutal yeah Brutality. This is not a. This is not a brutality. This is a fatality. All right. So uh, uh, next up is my original character. He is. He is coached by Sandor. He is from Eastern Europe. He talks like this. He is a stage musician who stands at six foot two, and he is tired of the world ignoring him. So he hears words of Mortal Kombat tournament. So he dares to enter to prove that he is the best magician by kicking that much ass. So what is his fatality? Would be well. Wait, I was kind of ben, inspired. Yeah. What is his fatality? There you go. Okay, go. Yeah. So, base. I was inspired by WandaVision by this. Um, First off, as you're like going, uh, uh, it would transition to a stage show. So all of a sudden, you're like in front of a studio audience, and like he's just kind of like, "Hey, everybody! Hello, it is me, Sandor. It is I, Sandor the Great." And all of a sudden, he pulls out a big ass cabaret, big ass, big ass cabaret. He's like, "This is my assistance as my keyboard fucking falls." <laughs> it's magic. Whoops. Yes, it's magic. Oh boy, everything's fucking over me. Can y'all Ta-da! see me still? Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. You didn't do a disappearing oh, act. Okay. Audacity's just fucking with me in that now. Alright, hold on. Hold on. Wow. Where did it fall to? Jesus I Christ. don't have a technical difficulty screen to flip to. That's good. Okay, anyways. So I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna roll. I don't even know if Audacity's recording right now. That's the problem. Uh-oh. Um, um, 
Okay, this is... All right, hold on. I mean, you have your mouse. It's literally not letting me close the specific menu, and I don't know why. Um, Shit, where did it fall to? I don't even see it. Fuck. Sorry, guys. Give me just a moment here. DMCA. I see. Okay, hold on. I don't know what's going on. Okay, there we go. We should be back. I should be back. I think. No? We're back. A dinosaur story. Okay. That's why I don't yeah, do wireless exactly. keyboards. Well, normally I don't have it here, so... Oh, God. I have no idea what's going on right now. Okay. Everything's just kind of fucked up. Okay. Anyways, basically, he just shoves you into a... Uh, a giant cabaret you don't see what's going on and then uh it kind of like you just hear ooh, uh, 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 and then he's like he sandor's just looking all amazingly gracious and then all of a sudden uh he just opens it up and you're just like bits and pieces that's it i imagine it would just uh be a skeleton or something oh my god what the hell okay all right. Okay. So yeah, that's that would be my fatality. Sorry about that, guys. I did not expect that to happen. That was actually like mildly tame, for because I thought you would like you know bring it like because you're always asking like what would this character's fatality be and stuff. Uh, I mean, it's good. Like I'm not I'm not trying to say that, but like that could almost be in like injustice. You know, like it's it doesn't seem like it would have to be super bloody or anything. Yeah, I'm yeah, pretty I... sure uh, the same thing happened in No More Heroes. Listen, man, I didn't like <laughs> Sandor doesn't Sandor doesn't want the stage to get bloody, so there you go. Well, then maybe he shouldn't be in Mortal Kombat. Well, uh, <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's let's go ahead and end the show because Audacity's pissing me off. Okay. All right, um, Justin, please uh, plug your stuff. Uh, you can find me if you look for zero score on Twitter or YouTube or Twitch. Um, like I said, I am still, you know, chugging away at this uh, Ratchet and Clank retrospective series I'm doing. Um, I don't know how long it's going to be until I actually get a video out for it. I probably should have done these one game at a time, but oh well. And then, you know, streaming here. On on the the channel that this podcast is live on right now, um, three days a week, including the podcast day. Uh, so you can come Thursday or Friday, uh, same bat time, same bat channel for different content. Um, a lot of Zelda stuff right now because I'm not making videos on Zelda, so I might as well stream it. <laughs> but I've got some plans for whichever one ends first. Probably Majora's Mask. All right, and Tyler, please plug your stuff. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Hey It's That Ty. You know the link right over here. Hey, it's uh, Daddy. <laughs> hey, it's Daddy. <laughs> I never heard that one. Before. That's what it looks like uh, when it's all in caps on screen right now. Yeah, it kind of does. Uh, it's based on the Hey It's That Dog line from Resident Evil Four, except uh, it's Hey It's Me. But uh, yeah, uh, you can check the pinned tweet for uh, my video on uh, Tekken Three for uh, my uh, video series called Tire Shoes Reviews. I am currently working on another one. Hopefully it will be up by the time the YouTube version of this comes up. 
It'll be about uh, Digimon Rumble Arena, which is the other game that I was playing this week, but didn't really want to bother bringing up because, you know, I want to leave my thoughts for the video. Yeah. Um, and I believe we also have uh, the final foreseeable episodes of Atomic Shot coming up soonish uh, with uh, the watch along and the review for Shin Godzilla. Nice. Uh, just look up uh, Atomic Shot on chartshot.com and uh, any other place you can find uh, our audio podcasts. Yeah, that's a that's a really good episode that we put out, and the watch along was fun too. Though I strongly suggest watching Shin Godzilla before watching our watch along because we're a bunch of dumbasses that just I don't know. Well, you watch the movie with us if you don't no, care about the movie. Yeah. <laughs> you should care about the movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's one of the best ones. Yeah, it's the best. Uh, and uh, you can follow me at twitter.com slash Marvelous Iggy uh, for all things related to this Marvelous one. My, I'm determined to have my Earthbound video, if not out at the end of April, by the first week of May. Uh, it's still coming. Um, still haven't had the motivation to uh, record just because of what's going on in my house, but it, it's still coming. No no plans of cancellation at all or taking any or, or going away or anything. It's, it's just just time and just playing other stuff um and of course uh well you could catch me live on twitch at twitch.tv where i stream three times a week uh sundays tuesdays and wednesdays all at 6 p.m central standard time uh and then uh please go to charcho.com for all home of our content which includes atomic shot um the wrestling show chair shot the church the church uh, the chair shot watch alongs and of course this very show charge uh Gamecast. Um, and also you can join our Discord, which is in the link, just in the, in the I believe it's in the top right-hand corner of your screen, of, uh, of the website. So join our Discord. It's fun. It's uh, some good stuff always posting. Um, I may or may not be posting whole things in the fan case Discord, but hey, come along and we're, we're a good, friendly bunch. It's a fun time to be. Um, and of course, if you want to be a guest on trashdot.com, uh, just be sure, just drop a, uh, just at me on, on Twitter at MarvelSiki or at the, or at the charge shot on Twitter and we'll, we'll try to work something out. Um, as always, guys, sorry about the technical difficulties of the last few minutes of the show, as I did not mean not, normally I don't have my keyboard here. Um, I got a little excited about my fatality. Um, but it worked out overall. Uh, thank you all for coming. Thank you all for watching. Uh, thank you all for listening. And we'll see you all next week for a new topic, more games, and more news. Until next time, guys, stay charged. Later, guys. Fatality.